Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on June 19th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can go to our website, smlutheran.org. There, you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find options of how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with a Gospel reading. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 8. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. The demons begged Jesus not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on a hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were afraid. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with Jesus, but Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of our Lord. Crazy Bill is the name of a poem written by Pastor Tim Melton based on this story of the Gerizim demoniac. In it, he offers a backstory to the man who is bound and chained and lives among the tombs naked. He begins by saying that the man once was part of a family who loved him, growing up as a boy, but at eight he began to hear voices, and by nine he became violent, and as a young man was locked away to keep the community safe. The poem continues when he became Crazy Bill. My name back then was William, when I lived among the sane, 
But then my neighbors, dressed and clean, with swords in hand, poised and lean, dubbed me Crazy Bill. Then mean, they never called me Will again, when I went insane. Well, you may know the name or can identify a person, perhaps in your neighborhood, in your school, or maybe even in your family, whose behavior is off, or they're just a lot, or maybe scary. And you know how to be careful when you are around them. You use extra caution, perhaps keeping your distance or altogether staying away from them. In our society, we might use the labels to describe them as homeless, mentally ill, an addict. We may feel safer when we have a system that keeps those people at a distance or even locked up so that we don't have to worry about what they might do and to keep them safe too so they don't harm themselves or others. Perhaps this was true of the community among the Gerizines. The man in the gospel story is not named. He is known only as the one who is demon-possessed. His illness has become his identity. Jesus had just crossed over the lake to the other side into Gentile country. Not a very welcoming place for a Jewish rabbi. His welcoming party is this demon-possessed man. He knows who Jesus is the Son of God, and he begs him for mercy. Jesus then asks his name, and it is the demons who reply, Legion, for there were many demons. Jesus then does a miracle. He performs an exorcism, and the demons leave the man, enter a herd of swine, rush down a ravine, and drown in the water below. Wow, what a story. It's a miracle. The man is free of his demons. And now he's clothed and sitting peacefully at the feet of Jesus like a disciple. Imagine the scene as the people come out to see what happened. Imagine what it would be like to witness such a thing happening in your city, in your neighborhood, even in your family. You would think the people would react with amazement and just rejoice that this demon-possessed man was now free of his affliction. But, record scratch, they are amazed and afraid. Fear does things to a group. So when fear grips them, they want Jesus to go away, to leave them alone. And just as they had perhaps once feared this crazy man, they now fear Jesus, the one who healed him. In the message translation, this explanation is offered. Too much change, too fast, and they were scared. The community was also missing some pigs, and the pig farmers may have been a little upset by the loss of their livelihood. What would Jesus do next? How might it affect them and their economy? Sometimes when Jesus heals a person, who has been afflicted, those around them in the community aren't all that happy about it. 
perhaps that person took on all of the demons of that community and now they were forced to deal with their own stuff. The one person who seems to be truly happy in the story is the crazy man who lived in the tombs and is now free of his demons, healed. He immediately becomes a follower and he wants to go with Jesus, the one who saved him. But Jesus tells him, no, stay here, be a witness to your community. There is so much in this story. It's both wild and crazy, and yet a beautiful testimony to the love of God, crossing boundaries, going even into dangerous, unclean places where there are graves and pigs and demons. Jesus will literally cross the sea, go to the other side to heal this one man. It is significant that when Jesus asks his name, he is met with opposition from demons called legion. Legion, which also refers to 6,000 soldiers, which would be similar to saying the Roman Empire. The double meaning here would not be missed by the first readers of Luke's Gospel, who also were oppressed, bound by the Romans. Who knows how this man was possessed or what his backstory was? Today we might say he had a mental illness, perhaps diagnosed with schizophrenia that possessed him. A couple weeks ago, I had a call from a father who was desperate for a pastor to pray for his son, who was an addict and was possessed by this addiction. The father had tried everything to help his son and was at his wit's end, not knowing what to do to help him. And you could tell that he dearly loved him and it simply broke his heart. Perhaps we can relate to this father or to the man who was struggling with his demons in the way that we too might experience oppression or depression or an addiction or mental illness or struggle with how to help someone close to us who seems beyond help, feeling bound by that demon. This gospel story, like much of scripture, can cut both ways. It can be a comfort to those who are afflicted, knowing that you are seen and loved by God, and that healing is possible. But it can also disturb and afflict those who are comfortable. For those of us who perhaps feel at a distance from the crazy people and are more at ease when we are in a safe place. It forces us as a community to look at our own practices and privilege that may be at the expense of oppressing others. Jesus didn't see a crazy person or someone beyond help. Jesus sees each person, including this man, as a beloved child of God and offers each one that love. By healing the unnamed man who was an outcast in his community, Jesus brings him into a new community of forgiven, healed, and beloved children. 
this is where the healing is completed within this community. So what does that mean for us as a community of faith here at St. Mark's called to follow Jesus? Well, perhaps the vision of the church is laid out for us in Paul's letter to the Galatians read earlier. It's a vision that's radically inclusive and for Paul, a former Pharisee, it's a complete 180 from his tightly held position of privilege as a free Jewish male. He writes to his beloved church, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew nor Greek. There is no longer slave nor free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Christ breaks down the dividing walls that separate us across gender, gender identity, race, political leanings, whatever separates us. We are one in Christ Jesus. And this is good news. This is the vision that we want to live into as the church, as followers of Christ. Today, we are especially mindful of this as it is June 19th or Juneteenth. It is a day where we celebrate the freedom and emancipation of slaves. The freedom that finally came on June 19th of 1865 when some 2,000 Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas and announced that more than 250,000 enslaved black people were free by executive decree. This came to be known as Juneteenth by the newly freed people in Texas. Just last year, President Biden declared that this would be a federal holiday with the hope that it would begin to acknowledge the way we have in this country for too long oppressed our black and brown siblings, our national demons. He said, Juneteenth marks both the long hard night of slavery and subjugation and a promise of a brighter morning to come, a day in which we remember the moral stain and the terrible toll that slavery took on the country and continues to take what I've long called America's original sin. At the same time, I also remember the extraordinary capacity to heal and to hope and to emerge from the most painful moments and a bitter, bitter version of ourselves, but to make a better version of ourselves. And that's why we must understand that Juneteenth represents not only the commemoration of the end of slavery in America more than 150 years ago, but the ongoing work we have to bring true equity and racial justice into American society, which we can do. May that be our prayer today and our commitment as we follow the one who calls us by name and has the power to heal our demons. Like the man in the graveyard, Jesus offers us new life from death. In the end, the man who was nameless is given an identity as a beloved child of God. So at the end of the poem by Tim Melton that we began with, he ends calling Crazy Bill by his name, William. Now, William, blessed William, stay among your kin, 
Remind them what your God can do. Tell them, I make all things new. Describe for them what I did for you. And then invite them to know me too, to believe and enter in. Then William, proclaim among your kin, for this is your father's will, that you are William, lost but found, William freed, who once was bound. Sing, blessed William, sing all throughout your town, and trust that you will ever be, yes, know that you will always be, your loving Father's will. Amen.